Sponsored by Rabbi Shlemi and Mirla Greenwald. This is a sicha from Lakota Sichas, Chelik Yerches, Parsha Smate, Sicha Aleph. And the topic of the sicha is that in this week's Parsha, we learned the Pasuk of Hain Haina Hoyulivne Yisrael, Bedvar Bilam, Limsor Mal Bashem, which talks about the Yidin not killing the woman of Midian. And we learned the teaching of Rashi on the words Bedvar Bilam. And there are five parts in the Sicha. The rebel number one, explain the need for the teaching of Rashi. Number two, ask six questions on Rashi. Number three, present the key to answering the questions. Number four, answer the six questions. And number five, present the Yenishal Torah in Rashi. On the Pasuk of Hain Haina Hoyu Levnei Yisrael Bidvar Bilam, Lim Sarmal Ba'ashem, where Meshav Abenu expressed anger that the Yidin did not kill the daughters of Midian, when they waged war against Midian, because it was the daughters of Midian that caused them to sin both in Znus and Avedazara. So Rashi quotes the words Bidvar Bilam, and he explains, what's this Dvar Bilam? They did it, it says Bidvar Bilam. So Rashi explains, Omer lehem, Bilam said to them, Even if you bring in all the multitudes of the world, you won't be able to overcome the Yidin. Do you think you are greater than the Mitzrim that had 600 chosen chariots? He said, Come and I will give you advice. The Abishter of the Yidin, he hates Zima, Vuchulu, etc., Kedisa Bechelik, like it's explained in Parakhelik in Sanhedrin, Uvisifri, and in Sifri. So now when we look at this Rashi, we could understand Rashi's need to explain what was the Eitz of Bilam, even though he already taught it earlier in Parsha's Balak and actually twice over there. The reason he still has to give his explanation over here is because this is the source for it. Where do we know that Bilam is the one that gave this advice? We know it from here. It says over here that Hain Haina, these daughters of Midian, they caused problems for the Yidin. And it was all done by Dvar Bilam. So since this is the source of all of it, so even though we just learned it pretty recently in Parsha's Balak, nevertheless Rashi repeats it over here because this is the source of also what he writes over there. And there are six questions on this Rashi. The first question is, even though we understand the need for Rashi's explanation over here, however, we have to understand the lengthiness of Rashi's explanation. Because Rashi doesn't just tell us that Bilam advised them that Elikim Shalelu Sainazimahu. He says a lot more beforehand of what Bilam told them. And there are two parts to this question. Number one, how is it all at all relevant to the explanation of the Pasuk? All these other parts of what Bilam told Balak. And number two, if there is any explanation for the need for this, then it makes more sense to present it at the first time that we learn about the advice of Bilam in Parshas Balak. So number one, it doesn't seem to be relevant at all. And number two, if it is relevant, then it should, been, it should have been presented in the first time where we learn about the advice of Bilam. The second question is, and the Rebbe calls the next five questions the Yukim and Rashi, so the second question is, Rashi starts with saying, Kol He says, Omer lahem, Bilam said to them, atem And then he ends with saying, Atem. He says, Shema merubim atem min And so it doesn't fit. Rashi is saying, first, even if you bring Kol you won't be able to overcome them. And then he says, do you think you are more than the Mitzrim? Not, they're not more than the Mitzrim, but Kol are more than the Mitzrim, because even though the Mitzrim were a huge 
country, and there were many, many people, but they weren't more than all the multitudes of the world. And we see that clearly in another Rashi, where it says that maybe the Goyim are going to say Hashem could overcome Mitzrayim, but not the 31 kings of Eretz Canaan. So we see that even though they weren't as powerful individually as Mitzrayim, but collectively they were more. So he's starting off by saying, Rashi starts off by speaking about that they're not strong enough, and his proof is that they're not more than the Mitzrim. We're not talking about them, we're talking about which are more than the Mitzrim. The third question is, on the other hand, since Rashi wants to emphasize the great might and the great numbers of the Mitzrim, so why does he only say about the Mitzrim, he says, Hakim only says that about the Mitzrim. Why doesn't he add what it says at the end of that very Pasuk? That besides for these 600 select chariots, there was also the Cholerechev Mitzrayim, there was all of many more chariots of Mitzrayim, Vishalishim al Kulay, and they had officers with them. Why doesn't Rashi mention that? And it's understood that there was a tremendous amount of chariots, much more than the 600, because only then could we understand why it brought such a fear upon the Yidden, despite the great number of Yidden. Now we could maybe try to answer that when Rashi says, Sheish Meyes Rechev Bachor, 600 select chariots, his intention is to say that from the select chariots there were 600, so it's understood that there were so many other chariots there as well that weren't as powerful as these select chariots. However, if that's the case, Rashi at the very least should have concluded Vuchulu, etc. to allude to the rest of the Pasuk. And certainly he shouldn't have said Shahayu Sheishmeyas Rechav Bachar, which the word Shahayu implies and indicates that's that, that that's all that they were. Rashi should have used some other word. The fourth question is what's the meaning of the word Bayu? Bilam said to Balak, Bayu Vasiachem Eitza. What's the meaning of the word Bayu over here? He could have just said Asiachem Eitza. The fifth question is at the end, Rashi concludes, And so the question is, in Parakhelek, the Gemara over there elaborates at great length about this whole matter. Whereas in Sifri, there's just a few other details. So the question is, why doesn't Rashi suffice just with Sifri? Why does he also have to why does he also have to refer to Parakhelek as well? And the sixth question is, if Rashi does feel for whatever reason a need to bring also the reference from Perik Chelek, he should bring Sifri first for two reasons. Number one, just like Rashi, the Sifri is presented on our Pasuk, whereas in Perik Chelek it's not talking about our Pasuk. And number two, the whole first part of Rashi, of that's taken from Sifri, not from Perik Chelek. So Rashi should have first referenced Sifri and only afterwards Perak Chilak. And so because of this, and it's not clear if it's because of this question specifically or also question 5, but because of this, it, we have to say that it must be that when Rashi brings Sifri, it's not connected to what he says over here directly, but rather it's to add to what's in Chilak. In other words, the main reference is Perak Chilak, and because there's something that's not 100% clear in Perak therefore Rashi also references Sifri. So in other words, Sifri is a reference to complete whatever it is that we're looking for that's being referenced in Perak Because if Sifri was related to what's written over here, Rashi would have referenced it first.
So the explanation of all of this, the key to answering all of these questions, and in the process of presenting the key, there's really two components, as we'll see, two parts to the key to answering all these questions. But already here, when we're presenting the keys, we're going to answer the first question. So very simply, the difference between the Pasuk and our Pasha, and the Pasuk and Parsha's Balak, is that in Parsha's Balak, it says, that Bilam gave them Eitzah, and therefore Rashi only explains what was the Eitzah. Whereas in our parsha, it doesn't say that the Bnei Smidian were, were the ones who led the Yidin astray Ba'atzas Bilam, with the eights of the advice of Bilam, but rather it says Bidvar Bilam. Meaning, this implies that in addition to the eights of Bilam, there was also a Dvar Bilam. And so that answers our first question. We asked, where do all these words of Bilam, how are they relevant to the Pasuk here? And if if we'll explain how they're relevant, why didn't Rashi teach it us in Parshas Balak? And the answer is, the way it comes up in our Pasuk is because it says Bidvar Bilam, not Ba'atzas Bilam. And that's also why Rashi never mentioned it beforehand, because previously we only heard about the Eitzah of Bilam. And since the Dvar Bilam is mentioned specifically here in connection to the complaint of Moshe, about the soldiers not killing the woman, so this means that the Dvar Bilam is specifically relevant over here, as we're going to explain. So the first key is to see that in Parshas Balak it says, it speaks about the Eitzah of Bilam, and here it speaks about the Dvar Bilam, which means there's something in addition to the Eitzah, the advice of Bilam. And the second key is to understand how it's relevant. Okay, we understand that it's said over here, not earlier. But what's the connection between the discussion over here and this idea of Dvar Bilam, more than the Eitzah of Bilam? So, like we're starting off to say already, that it's connected to the Yidin not killing the woman of Midian that led the Yidin astray. Now, because it's connected to the war, so therefore Rashi presents not just the Eitzah of Bilam, but rather also the Dvar Bilam. What did he say? Which led to So because of these two keys, number one, that it says Dvar Bilam, and number two, that it's connected to the war, that's why Rashi tells us what it is that Bilam said to them. Now how is all of this connected to the war? The explanation of this is as follows. The complaint and the claim of Moshe that what was Moshe telling the soldiers? It was not just that in the past the Bnei Smidian led the Yidin astray and brought the Magefa. That's not just what Moshe Rabbeinu was saying, that they should be killed for what they did in the past. His complaint was related to the battle that they just waged with Midian. And therefore, who did Moshe Rabbeinu get upset at? It says, Those that were involved in the war. Meaning the reason the Midyadin sent their Benesayim Liznais, it was as a form of waging war against the Yidin in order to destroy them. This is part of their war plan. This was the Dvar Bilam. He was telling them that they can't be victorious over the Yidin with a physical war because you're not going to be able to win them physically. And therefore he said, Meaning he was telling them this is a this is a weapon of war to use their daughters. And so it comes out that the Bnei Smidian also waged the war of Midian against the Yidin. And so that's how it's connected to here. So what we understand at this point in the Sikha is, number one, how come it comes up over here and not earlier? Because over here it speaks about Dvar Bilam and not earlier. And we also understand why Dvar Bilam is relevant here. Because it explains to us why Moshe was angry and upset. Moshe was upset because... The Dvar Bilam, when we look at it, we see 
that Bilam didn't just say, I'm going to give you advice to cause problems for the Yidin. He said it in the context of how to wage war against the Yidin. He was telling them you can't wage a physical war, you have to wage a, a Ruchniistic war. So as a result of that, now when Moshe Rabbeinu is upset at those who were in the battle that they didn't kill the Bnei Smidian, he's explaining to them why is he upset? They should have killed them because they just waged a war against Midian. And the Bnei Smidian were part of that war. They were the soldiers, they were used as weapons against the Yidin, so they should have been killed in the war. And based on all of this, we're now going to be able to continue on and answers, question, answer questions number two, three, four, five, and six. Now we're going to move on to answering questions number two and number three. So according to this, that Moshe Rabbeinu was complaining that the Bnei Smidian were a weapon and part of those who waged war, so now we can understand why Rashi presents the details of what Bilam said. When we look at the details, we'll see how it's a build-up to ultimately saying that the Bnei Smidian would be the ones to wage war. First he said, So we had a question. First he says, And then he says, You're not more than the Mitzrim. Is he talking about Or is he talking about them being more than the Mitzrim? So the answer to that is that we have to separate those two sentences. The first sentence he told them was, Period. The next part is a new thing that he's telling them. Now what's this first thing? The first thing is that the Yidin can't physically be defeated. And he didn't bring any proof for this, that the Yidin can't be physically defeated, since Balak already saw that even Sichon and Oig, who were the strongest kings who nobody could defeat, and who were hired to protect them from the Yidin, for this very purpose, they were defeated by the Yidin, and not just defeated, it was in such a wondrous way that their entire might had no power whatsoever. It was of complete insignificance. So therefore they already knew that no physical strength, whether in quality or quantity, would be of help. So that's the first thing that Bilam told Balak. Even if you bring all the multitudes of the world, you will not be able to defeat the Yidin physically. And he didn't have to bring any proof to this. Balak already understood that. However, Balak and Midian had a different idea, which was that they could overcome the Yidin and Ruchnius in the same way that they hired Bilam to destroy the Yidin to, through Ruchnius the means. Now, when they saw that Bilam wasn't successful, so they decided to search for other people with more Ruchnius power than Bilam. So to this, Bilam responded by saying, so now it's a new thing, it's not a continuation. First thing he told them was about physically beating the Yidin, which he didn't have to bring any proof for. He's not bringing a proof from Mitzrayim for that. That is already self-understood, and Bullock understands that for himself. Then he continues, Bilam continued to address the, th- the thinking of Balak that he could win the Yid in Baruchnius. He said, He was referring to Balak thinking that he could defeat the Yid in Baruchnius through getting people that had more Ruchnius power than, than Bilam. So his intention over here, when he speaks about the Sheish Mayis of Bachar, we asked, how come he only says 600? It doesn't reflect a large number. So his intention wasn't to focus on the quantity of 600, which would be the physical strength of the Mitzrim, but rather their strength in Ruchnius. As Rashi already explained, that the Behemoth Sarechev that they brought over here, how did the Mitzrim have it after the Makas? They were from the Yare as Dvar Hashem, those who were Yare as Dvar Hashem and had a lot of Ruchnius power. And nevertheless, this didn't help them. And when they attacked the Yidin, they had a bitter end. So that's the second thing Bilam told Balak. That in Ruchnius, 
by getting other people that have more Ruchnistic power than me, said Bilam, it's not going to help because the Mitzvah had 600 people with tremendous Ruchnistic powers. Then Bilam then continued that what could help them is Bayu Vasiachem Eitzah. Come close and we'll see why he said this. And I'll quietly give you advice. We'll see later why it had to be done quietly. And this way you'll accomplish your goal. So that's why Rashi brings to us all of the all of the Dvar Bilam. And we see now how it's connected to the situation over here of waging war, of not killing the Bnei Smidjan when they're waging war. And we also see the different things that Bilam told Balak. First he spoke to him about the physical strength, which did not need any proof. And then he spoke to him about the Ruchnistika's strength. There they needed proof. And he said, the proof is from the Mitzrim that had 600 people with tremendous Ruchnistika's strength. And as a result of their inability to defeat the Yidin. In these two ways, he advised them and he said he has to tell to them quietly. He advised them to use the tool of the Bnei Midian to lead the Yidin to Znus and avoid the Zara. Now we're going to move on to answering questions number four and five. So when Ibn Chamesh Lamikra is reading all of this, so the Ben Chamesh Lamirka can ask, we don't find that the Yidin did such Averis in the entire 40 years that they were in the Midbar. We don't find such terrible Averis. More so, Rashi tells us by Shlemis Bas Divri, Rashi says over there that Shifchan Shal Yisrael, over here we're actually learning the praise of the Yidin. She's the only one that did any such activity from the entirety of Klal Yisrael. And from this it's understood also regarding the men, that this was something not found by the Yidin. So the Ben Chomish Limerick has a question over here. So how can it be that so many Yidin strayed in this matter to the extent that Vayu HaMesim Bamagefa are above Esrim Aleph? 24,000 Yidin died in the plague. In addition, another question that still has to be answered, which we only began talking about, what is this Bayu? Why did he have to give his advice quietly? And therefore Rashi says, Kedi Isa Bechelek. When Rashi says, Kedi Isa Bechelek, what he's, what he's telling us over there is answering this question, how did the Yidin do such Averis? Because there it describes in detail how they fooled the Yidin through various means to eventually lead them to stray in Znus and Avedah Zarah. Over there, the Gemara goes into great detail how they tricked the Yidin. Meaning, in other words, to answer this question, how could the Yidin do such an Avera? Look in Parakhelik, you'll see that they didn't just openly get the Yidin to do this Avera. They didn't just do it in an open way. They did it through trickery. They fooled the Yidin. Over there it describes how the Midyanim set up tents and in the inside part of the tent they had a young woman and the outside part of the tent they had an older woman and then they offered to sell things to the Yidin and after a number of times of of a certain type of interaction where the older woman offered items for more money and the younger woman for less money, they started developing a certain closeness until they came to the Avera. And therefore, if the Yidin would have known about the advice of Bilam, they would have protected themselves. And this is the reason he had to give his advice quietly. So the the answer to this question of the Ben Chamesh Lamikra, how could the Yidin do such Averis, is answered by what Rashi says, Bayu and Kedisa Bechelek. The answer is that it was done secretly and quietly that the Yidin didn't know about it. And what was done secretly and quietly that they didn't, didn't know about it? What it says in Chelek, this whole trickery that they did against the Yidin. Now we're going to move on to answering the final question, question number six, which was, what is Rashi referring to? And he also mentions Sifri over here. It's clearly not Sifri for what it says about this Pasuk. It's about something in Perek Chelek. So the reason Rashi 
reference to Sifri is because, however, despite everything we explained, it's still not completely understood. The Gemara there in Parakhelik relates how they implemented the advice of Bilam. It all started with the woman of Midian setting up tents where they sold items, and they placed a younger woman inside the tent and an older woman on the outside, and when the Eden ate, drank, were merry, and went for a stroll in the marketplace, it says how they went to buy items, and then they offered them different prices until it happened a number of times, and ultimately they tricked them into developing this relationship that led to the Znus and Aved Zara. So one can ask, where did such behavior come from to the Yidin to eat, drink, be merry, and stroll in the marketplace? Especially after the great miracles that they just experienced by Eshed on the Cholim, and the battle against Oig, which should have brought them to behave in a better than usual way. So yes, we're saying there was trickery involved when it comes to the terrible Avera of the Znus and also the Aved Zara. But earlier on, even how they got tricked into doing it, it started off with a certain behavior by the Yidin, where they were eating, drinking, they were, they were merry, these are all taken from the Gemara, and then they were strolling in the marketplace. So there's still a question on that. That itself is a little difficult to understand, especially after all the miracles the Yidin just before this time experienced. And in order to answer this, Rashi refers us, refers us to the Sifri. In other words, when we go to Chalik, we hear we see that there's trickery, and they fooled the Yidin. But still, we wonder, there's, even the beginning of how all of this happened started with something which seems inappropriate for the Yidin. And for that reason, Rashi refers to the Sifri, meaning the Sifri that relates to what it says in Chalik. What does it say in Chalik? How they tricked them. But before they tricked them, the Yidin also did something. What's the explanation for that behavior of eating, drinking, being merry, and strolling in the marketplace? In Sifri and Parshas Balak, it says, Mishin Ismalu Yisrom and Abiza, the Yidin had so many spoils from the wars. They started behaving in a way that they were they were mistreating the the, the spoils. Makarim Ksusim they were tearing up clothing. Makarim Behema Mashlichim, they were even killing animals and throwing them away. They were only seeking things of silver and gold. So what do we see over here? Meaning that the great amount of biza, the great amount of spoils of war, led the Yidin to a state of what we know of Vayishman Yeshurun, and which this leads to what the Pesach says afterwards, Vayivot. And so now we have the whole Rashi fully understood. We see why Rashi brings over here the Dvar Bilam, all the words of Bilam. We also answered that the explanation of what Bilam said. The first part was talking about a physical war. And then later when he talks about the Mitzram, it's not a continuation where then the second part's not connected to the first. It doesn't seem to be appropriate. It's an entirely new thing. The first part is talking about a physical war. The next part is talking about a Ruchnistika war, which then explains to us why he speaks specifically of the Sheish Meis Rechev Bachur, because that reflects the Ruchnistika strength of the Mitzram. And we also understand why Rashi says Bayu and refers to Chedlik, because there's a difficulty here even though they they said they can't overcome them physically and not through people with spiritual ruchniyistika strength, they're going to do it through znus. But the question is, how did they even come to znus? So in Chedek we see that there was a whole trickery, and that's why he said, "Boy, I'm going to tell it to you quietly." And in order to answer that, a, a question that still remains that how did they even come to what brought to the znus? So for that, Rashi refers to Sifri, where we see that the Yidin were in a state of Vayishman Yeshurun, which led to Vayivat, which this Vayivat was through eating, drinking, being merry, and strolling in the marketplace. From Yenish Altair and Rashi, we find by the war against Midian that Hashem said to Meish Rabbeinu, Nekayim Nikmas B'nei Yisrael Me'is HaMedyanim. And Meish Rabbeinu, when he gave the Tzivay over to the Yidin, he said, it's Loseis Nikmas Hashem B'Midian. So Hashem said, it's Nikmas B'nei Yisrael. And Meish said, it's Nikmas Hashem.
So the Rebbe says that the that his father, the Rebbe's father, explains that Hashem is careful with the honor of Yidin, and Meishu Rabbeinu is careful with the honor of Hashem. And based on this, the Rebbe's father also explains why Hashem said the Kruvim before the Aaron, and later it says the Aaron before the Kruvim. So I'm not sure what this means, but I was thinking, I didn't look it up, but I was thinking the Kruvim are connected to the Yidin, the Aaron connected to Hashem. And so by the Tzivay of Hashem, it says the Kruvim before the Aaron, which is the Yidin before Hashem. And later, it says the Aaron before the Kruvim, which is like Hashem, before the Yidin. So, the Rebbe asks on this, we have to understand, why do we find this idea, that Hashem is careful with the covet of Yidin, and Meshur is careful with the covet of Hashem, why do we find it specifically by the war against Midian, and not in other places? Why is it reflected over here? Now, this will be understood according to the explanation in Rashi. The war of Midian consisted, like we said, of two elements. They wanted to wage war against the Yidin, and therefore it says, Nikmas Bnei Yisrael. In addition, the advice of Bilam was all about Elekeyem Shal Elu Sainazima. So we have both of these components. They were fighting the Yidin, Nikmas Bnei Yisrael. And the way they were doing it, the advice of Bilam was based on that Elekeyem Shal Elu Sainazima, that Hashem hates Zima. So that's Nikmas Hashem. And according to this, we can also understand Rashi's explanation on Nikmas Hashem. Rashi says over here, what's Nikmas Hashem? Sha'imid k'neged Yisrael, kilu imid k'neged HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Why does he say Nikmas Hashem and not Nikmas Bnei Yisrael? Because someone who stands against the Eden, it's like they stand against Hashem. And we understand now why this idea is learned specifically by the War of Midian. Because it had both of these elements. And therefore the Torah says, Bedvar Bilam in Parsha Smates. Because this tells us the intent of the War of Midian by the it says it by the war of the Yidin against Midian, which is the war of which results because of the war of Midian against the Yidin. So by this war, which is connected to the war of Midian, the Torah tells us about Dvar Bilam, because in this war of Midian there was both the Nikmas Hashem and the Nikmas Bnei Yisrael, and this is all found in the Dvar Bilam.